Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. We live in unprecedented times. You've probably heard that quite a lot. And if you're like me, maybe you get a little bit irritated when you hear it. But maybe what too, like me, you realise that is true. We are living in times like we have never seen before. And there's a lot of struggles that we all face at this time. Some very weird things going on. I mean, it never used to be that when I went for a walk or I go for a run, that people would see me coming and go to the other side of the road to avoid me. That's totally new. And um, most people, when you go past them, you go past them the right kind of distance, you smile, you say hello. And that's great. It's a bit of human contact. And then you get your person who, who kind of is so freaked out by what's going on and they kind of look away as if you could give them the virus um, just by looking at them or maybe they don't want to encourage you to stop you from getting too close. I don't know. And um, we find that kind of thing hard, don't we? Um, for me, probably the big thing that I struggled with is what's happened about our daughter's wedding. Um, she lives and works in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And we should have been there now. And we would have gone to her wedding yesterday if coronavirus hadn't happened. And her wedding hasn't even happened. And that this has been a really hard, emotionally difficult time for us. And it's been a bit like an emotional roller coaster. And one you really want to get off. And it's been really hard. And I've struggled with handling my emotions. I've been through kind of most of the kind of things like anger and and um, just questioning what's going on and just wishing it wasn't happening. And that has been hard and that has been difficult. And I haven't always behaved the way I should and some people have unfortunately suffered from that and I've apologised to them. And it's been, it's been a real struggle and it's still not great. It's still not good. And of course there's lots of things, aren't there, that we are all struggling with, with this, at this moment. And, um, you know, the social isolation is just tough and it's difficult. And I'm an introvert and I'm finding it hard. And I'm sure many people are finding it harder than I am. And it's difficult. It affects us emotionally. It affects our well-being, mental health. Um, and I think also spiritually as well. It's tough. We've had to cancel all of our church meetings that we've had. We can't gather together physically anymore. Fortunately, with the internet, we've been able to do things like these live stream preachers. We've been able to gather on Google Hangouts and our home groups, mostly Zoom, for prayer meetings and times together. And that's good. There are things that we're finding, we're still finding difficult. I think gathered worship is very hard, even in small groups. It's just really not easy to manage from a technical point of view at the moment. And uh, I miss that, and I'm sure many of you miss that too. And it, it is tough. And then there's the big stuff, isn't there? There's the virus itself, there's the concern about catching it, there's the concern about passing it on to people, there's the concern about those that we love, maybe those that are more vulnerable, those that are weak, that we might lose someone, or that we might die ourselves. And that's tough, and that's difficult. And it just raises these huge questions, doesn't it? Well, where is God in this? Why is God allowing this? Is there any good that can come out of a situation like this? 
And um, I, I know that God's word is quite thirst, and there's lots of stuff in God's word, and I, I felt drawn to a passage from James. And I'll read it first, and then I'll make a few comments on it. So I'm going to start from James chapter 1 and verse 2. And James says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now when you hear that, I know the first time I heard it, I like, what? Does it really, is it really saying that? Rejoice in trials? Rejoice in hardship? Rejoice in things that happen to you that you'd rather didn't? Things are not good? It doesn't quite make sense, does it? But when you read the whole thing where it says it's because of the results, it's because of what happens because of those trials, not the trials themselves. It's the result, it's the good thing. A way of thinking of this is the way that metals are hardened. And one way metals are hardened is through something called tempering. And what happens is the metal is heated really, really hot, almost to its melting point. And then it's cooled. And it's heated again, it's cooled. It's heated again, it's cooled. That's done a few times. And what that process does is it makes the metal a lot stronger than it was. And it's never heated to a point where the metal changes shape or the metal is damaged. Just enough to get it moving a bit. And then the pool will come in and the structure of metal changes. And that's what trials are like for us. It's like a way that God tempers us. That through our trials, where we're not broken, but we're taken close to the edge, and it's difficult and it's hard. And then, and then God takes it away. And that's like a cooling. And then another trial. And we'll cool again. And although we don't enjoy it, and although it's not good, it does us good. Because our faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And also God gives us the wisdom to get through those trials. And it says in verses 5 to 8, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. But that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The good news is that God gives us wisdom to get through these trials. And the main way we get that is by asking him. And that's talking about prayer. And there's just something we need to do, we need to be careful about, and that's not flipping between trusting in God and trusting in something else. And that something else might be ourselves, our wisdom, resources that we have. It might be other people. These are all good things. It might be the society that we do, the health service that we have, the job that we have, whatever. None of those things are what we should trust in first and foremost. We need to trust in God. And we need, a, we need a faith that is settled. We need a faith that means that our confidence is in God. It doesn't mean that it won't feel awful and it won't feel bad. It's not about feelings. 
it's that who we've got our trust in. And it's like that situation that I faced with my daughter at her wedding. My feelings were up and down after the only But the way I got through that situation and the way it worked well for me was when I kept turning to God. I prayed. I talked to God about it. I'd ask him why. I talked to other Christians about it. I'd share it with them. I'd ask for prayer. I'd pray. You work your way through it. You trust God. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it goes away. It doesn't mean it gets any easier. But when you trust in God, He will help you through it. He will give you the answers. He will either give you the grace to cope with it, or He'll change the situation. But the only way that happens is when we ask Him, and that's the important thing. And the good thing is, as we look at that picture of tempering, that tested faith is stronger faith. And also, the results are worth it. They're worth the pain. We go on to verse 12. James says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. And this is brilliant, isn't it? Because this crown of life that James is talking about, it's kind of two things really. One is eternal life. You know, one day, we're going to be with God and Jesus forever. And all of this stuff that we're suffering now, all of this stuff that's going on in life, all the things that are difficult, all the things that are hard would have gone away. There will be no more pain, there will be no more death, there will be no more crying, there will be no more. It will be different, and we can look forward to that. But also, we have the life that we live now. And Jesus said, he came that we should have life, and we should have life to the full, or abundant life. And that is our other promise. But actually we have all the promises of Jesus, all the things, all the blessings that we have in Christ, relationship with God, forgiveness from our sins, relationships with other believers, and many, many more. And those we get. Through those trials, as our faith grows, we get more and more of those benefits. And we become more and more like Jesus. He talks about us being and perfect. That's what he's talking about. James is talking about becoming more and more like Jesus. Now that won't be complete until he returns, until he comes back to this world to claim all of those who believe in him. But as we endure through our trials, as we let our faith grow through that, we grow to look more and more like Jesus. That's the good they bring to us. And that is the change they bring. And that's the good thing. And of course, we don't welcome the trials. Coronavirus is a horrible thing. It's not a good thing. But we welcome some of the things that, that it brings for the results that it brings in us, the faith that grows up. And we follow the example of Jesus. Jesus faced trials. He didn't give up. And he didn't enjoy them. You know, when he was going to the cross, when he was about to suffer that horrible death and separation from the Father, he prayed. And he asked God to take it away if that was possible, if there was any other way. But he knew there was only one way to save men and women from their sins, and that was to go to the cross and suffer all that he suffered. And he did it because he knew that despite the trials and what it would cost him, it would be worth it for the result our salvation, the fact that we have been moved from the kingdom of 
felt was to the kingdom of life. That we can know a relationship with God, that we can know forgiveness, that we can know the joy of living in Christ. We can have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And I want you know, anyone out there who wants to grab hold of that, I'd encourage you. You can have that too. You can enjoy that. That's brilliant, isn't it? And the key there is that we trust God like Jesus did. You know, whatever trials we go through, whatever we suffer, he went through more. And he didn't deserve it. And it wasn't fair. And it wasn't right. But he did it for us so that we might be saved. And our trials are like that. They're not great. But through them, God can bless us. And we can grow more like Jesus. And our faith can grow too. And that means doing the obvious stuff. That means reading our Bibles. Leaning on the Word of God, applying the Word of God into our lives. That means prayer. That's something we're really gonna we're really gonna focus on as a church in the next few months because that's one of the few things we can do really well and we can still do really well. And we can do more of that. And we're gonna do more of that. We need to spend time with one another. We need to grab hold of the opportunities that we have got to contact one another, to be able to share our lives together, to be able to share our challenges together and see what God's gonna do together because our tested faith will be stronger at the end. I want to finish by imagining what this season is going to do for us as a church and individually as well. And when I was preparing this preach, when I was looking at these verses, I felt God speak very clearly to me. And he said, just imagine what this church is going to be like at the end of this been through the trials that it's been. And I just think, what are the things that we will achieve? What are the things that God is going to do that might not happen if we haven't been through this? What things that we hope for is God going to do, maybe? What new things are we going to try? I don't know. But I felt that in my spirit. I felt God say to me, try it out. See what I can do. And I want to encourage you as we finish. It's not a time for us to hunger down. It's not a time for us to just say, we're going to persevere for the next few months until we can carry on with our life as normal. Because that's not the way it works in the kingdom. Often when the church suffers and it's difficult for the church, that's when the church grows. And maybe we thought it would be persecution, but instead it's this it's the things that we're going through now. I believe that God is going to help us to thrive and to grow. And the main way we can do that is through prayer. As we ask God for wisdom, as we ask him to help us with those questions that we've got. And I want to encourage you, go to God in prayer. And if you're not happy, tell him. If you're not sure, tell him. If you want answers, if you want wisdom, if you don't want to know what to do, how to cope with your situations, pray, pray. It's very simple. That's the answer. And I want to encourage all of us. Let's make an effort to really pray this week. Let's be honest with God and let's ask Him for wisdom and not doubt and know that He'll give us the answers that we need. And our tested faith will be stronger than ever. I'm going to pray. Yeah, Father God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the truth that it contains. And I want to pray, Lord, that you'll 
he will help us through these trials that we're facing at the moment and help us to endure to help us to hang on in there and trust you and lord to see the results the fruit that you're going to bring in this time and lord i pray for us as a church you help us to support and encourage one another and you pray that you help us to grab hold of the opportunities that you're going to bring and most of all lord help us to pray and help us to see well, not hopeless, Lord. I, I look forward 